0: All right, everybody. Hey, it is 9.05. Let's get right into it. We do this show every Monday through Thursday at 9.05 Eastern on Twitter Spaces. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now Do You Want Speaks? Hey, you may have noticed tonight is Friday, and on Fridays we have special shows, and we have got a special guest with us tonight. Absolutely super excited about this. We have got Danielle Martin with us. Danielle is a mental performance coach. She's probably one of the premier mental coaches in the industry. She has helped tons of kids, lots of schools, lots of coaches. We're very, very fortunate to have Danielle with us this evening. Hey, Danielle, are you out there?
1: Yes, I am. Oh, Hello. Good evening. Hey,
0: I am so glad to hear from you, and so happy to talk with you tonight. Hey, why don't you? Uh, why don't you kind of kick it off? Maybe get it started. Tell us a little about yourself, maybe um, any pre-college sports awards that you received and, and really where you went to college, what sport did you play, and ultimately, why did you play that sport?
1: Okay, well, I, uh, I actually went to UCLA. I played softball at UCLA. I played center field, and Coach would move us around sometimes in the outfield. Um I was a right-hand hitter but when I got to college they needed a lefty so I ended up switch hitting and kind of learning that slap game and uh, I was really fortunate to play with the Bruins it was really unexpected um when I was in high school I had kind of a rough upbringing childhood and uh, even had bouts of homelessness so I wasn't really looking at UCLA as a prospective college for myself but I was recruited by tons of colleges. I got athlete, um, California State Athlete of the Year that year and graduated with 12 varsity letters from lots of different sports. And um, I actually didn't go play right away um, at UCLA. I went professional in surfing right out of high school and then was working in television and kind of had an interesting opportunity come up when I was covering a sports football combine and then got called back for the women's combine actually at UCLA and um, covered all the sports um, on a TV show for Fox sports and um, I kind of walked in the back door um, at UCLA and had the opportunity of coming out the front so everybody's journeys different and um, you know I always wanted to be a collegiate athlete and had the grades and the talent and could understand like what was going on and I think people all thought because I was a high level athlete in high school that oh she must already be committed somewhere who knows and I just didn't have The you know kind of any support in terms of somebody helping me get there and going through the motions of what recruitment looked like and and how that all kind of happened. But I'm very fortunate. I graduated from UCLA, and um, it was a tremendous experience. One of the best experiences. I had incredible coaches, and um, just feel very fortunate.
0: Wow! I tell you, Danielle, that was a lot that you just threw at us. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. I made several little notes. If you don't mind, I would kind of like to kind of maybe step back and go through a couple of those. So sure, I don't want to get too personal, but you had a couple of bouts with homelessness while you were in high school. Yes.
1: Yes. I was living down at a beach park, um, sleeping in the bathroom at night and then getting myself to school and just kind of hiding it. I just, I didn't tell people what was going on and, Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough being a teenage girl. You have to kind of mask yourself at night to go to sleep and just be careful of the other, you know, male homeless people that are around. And I would kind of, um, just go in, like I was kind of walk hunched over with a hoodie on and go crash and then get up super, super early, go up to the locker room, um, sneak in shower. The lady would let me in. She would wash my clothes with the PE clothes. And, um, I would, head out to school right after that and nobody knew
0: that is crazy honestly so like what what grades were were you in
1: um it was junior late junior and some senior year and then i ended up living with a family the school i was a top surfer and the, they kept asking for addresses and i was forging papers <laughs> and you know they start, they finally called me into the office and they said listen we know where you're living and that you can't do that, and so I had a a host family of a family. I played Little League with their kid, and we were kind of like brother and sister already, so they allowed me to move into their house. They signed over guardianship of me, and I finished high school and graduated that year with really great grades and um, went straight into professional surfing after that and then came back and went back and played um, softball at That is just...
0: Absolutely phenomenal. And you said, if I understood you correctly, I mean, you were like the California state female athlete of the year when you graduated.
1: Yeah, I got, I got that year.
0: Hey, could you repeat that? I'm sorry. You you got what?
1: I got California state athlete of the year that year, um, in, in California and I graduated with 12 varsity letters. So I played, I surfed, um, played basketball. I had baseball one year. I ran track. I swam. I did whatever <laughs> was going on. I think, you you know, I used sports as kind of um, an outlet and an avenue. And that was kind of my lifeline in my mind of how I would get to where I wanted to go and just staying out of trouble, staying away from kids that were making other bad decisions. I couldn't afford to do that. I valet parked cars at night and paid for all my own stuff. And right out of high school, I went professional in surfing. So I was getting paid and I was modeling and ended up booking a TV show. And, you know, people are looking at you thinking your life's perfect because you're this athlete and you're getting all these accolades and awards and and things. And um, I was really just trying to hide what was really going on. And I was um, just kind of, you know, taking things on one at a time. You don't realize it until you look back and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, that, that little kid in you, um, what that feels like, you know, you don't feel confident. You feel like you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're not lovable. You go through a lot of tremendously difficult emotions and, you know, mental, mental spaces that are, that are pretty dark, but I just, I don't know. I, I had so much gratitude and appreciation for what I got to do. And I just really, I went hard in sports. It was, it was tough to beat me. I think looking back now, I put everything into what I was doing and I competed with, with, with what was right in front of me. And for that, I'm so grateful. I understand the power of sports and as it parallels to life um, in a lot deeper ways. And I think that allows me to understand athletes that have adversity or whatever. If If you have adversity, say thank you. It's kind of a gift that comes in uglier paper than what we think a gift should look like. But adversity shows us our truest strengths and and truly what we're capable of. And I feel like, you know, if if I can be where I'm at today with everything that I was up against then, we don't always choose what happens to us in life, but we do choose how we react. And I'm just really grateful for, you know, sports and having sports at that time in my life.
0: Danielle, you're amazing. I got to tell you, I mean, that is an incredible, I'm going to say story, but it's not story, it's your life. And I mean, it's just incredible to hear the circumstances that you were able to overcome. And I can absolutely envision and understand the direction of your career. You know, I mean, that is just amazing to, to listen to you say, Hey, you were living on the streets and you were just kind of covering it up and not letting anyone know what was going on. And you were having a phenomenal, just phenomenal athletic career. You know, I mean, that's just, that's wild to me. And I had no idea about the surfing piece. And just for anybody that's kind of tuning in and listening, hey, Danielle and I, we don't know each other. I live in Florida. She lives in California. (laughs) You know what I mean? I knew, I knew who she was. I knew some things about her. I, I don't know her life story. Um, we had an opportunity to to just kind of briefly introduce ourselves to each other just recently. And um, all of this is live, completely live. And we're just going to talk about, hey, we're going to talk about the things that she has to offer to my core audience. And my core audience is really uncommitted high school and junior college prospects and college coaches. And I think she's got a phenomenal uh, offering, but her life story. That's amazing. I mean, we, I mean, I had certainly no idea and, uh, this is pretty incredible stuff all the way around. I love that you were into surfing and I I'm trying to imagine, you know, you 12 letters, big time athlete playing all kinds of sports. I'm assuming your high school team did not have a surfing team. This was something you were doing on your own. So at 18 years old, you kind of step out and you're like, hey, I'm now a, a, a surfer. You got a sponsor, I would assume. And you all of a sudden kind of became this professional surfer.
1: <laughs> well, you know, my high school team. Oh, did wow. have wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, my high school did have a team. And so I started surfing on that team. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to be a pro surfer. And I just kind of made my mind up. That's what I was going to do. And I wanted to go and play um, high school sports. And are you there?
0: I am. Yes, absolutely. I of okay, I,
1: I heard something go blank. Okay. Um, so I wanted to, I knew, I knew I wanted to go play college. And, you know, I just think I would get a lot of recruiting letters. I remember Stanford Davis. I got, I got so many recruiting letters and I thought that you had to pay to go to a trip. I did not know that like they fly you out and you do a visit. Um, and so I would throw them away. And the, and the wildest thing is, is, I kept the UCLA one and I put it in a box cause it came in some stationery with a little bear head. And I thought that's really cute. I'm going to keep that. And I, just, I had like one little tiny shoe box, literally of belongings and letters and things that meant something to me. And I tossed it in there. And so it was really weird because after that, I felt like, like just bad, you know, I just didn't feel good about things. I remember flying out to Hawaii and, You know, I had sponsors and I was doing all these photo shoots and I went out to UH one day and I, and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to walk onto the team here. And I made the team (laughs) right away. And the coach was quite frankly, um, pretty inappropriate and just not a positive person. And I kept getting calls from California. Hey, come back. We have a show we want you to work on. And it just, it, it wasn't a fit for me. Um, back in Hawaii, I thought it would be be able to play ball and surf and do all that kind of having everything in one place. But it didn't work out, so I came back here to work on the show. And by chance, I get a call um, from Reebok. They call my TV show to come out for the me- the men's football combine. Happened to be at UCLA. I'd never been to the campus. Didn't know anything about the team. I, I hadn't played softball. I wasn't a big softball person. I played baseball all the way up until high school. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, just playing softball was just kind of a natural transition. And I went out, tried out, um, made the varsity team as a freshman. And and so it was interesting because. <laughs> I, here I am on the campus at UCLA. Do the combine. The sh- TV show gets called. They said, "Hey, um, that was a great show. Could you come out and cover the women's combine?" So I show up as a co, as a as a pro surfer. I'm modeling. I'm, I've got my own TV show, and these girls are looking up to me. And I'm thinking, "Where was a combine like this when I was in school?" <laughs> so I talk. I talk to the girls, and I'm feeling really down. My cameraman's like, "What's wrong with you today?" And with the women, we had to cover volleyball, soccer, so- um, softball, and um what uh, maybe basketball. And I said, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to go cover the softball. And he's like, why not? I said, I just don't want to. And I remember it was like, I had this broken heart. I was jealous. I was like, I don't want it in front of my face. And so I was thinking to myself, how come, like, how was I not good enough to be able to do this? Because I didn't understand the process of recruiting and everything else. I just didn't understand what had happened. And um, so we go out, he's like, well, you have to, because they have one of the best teams. We can't come here and not cover the softball and cover every other sport. I'm like, fine. So I go out there. Kelly way, um, Perez, who's now the head coach at UCLA, was out there. And my job um, on my TV show was like, let's say if you were a pro BMX guy, I would come out and be like, hey, I'm out here with so-and-so. And I would get on the bike and do the sport <laughs> with you. Whether I did well or didn't, you know, it was what it was. So here I am. I come out. I said, so, hey, I'm standing out here with the assistant head coach, Kelly. Um, Kelly, talk to us about what you look for in your recruits and what you have them do. So she goes, well, we have them throw, do all this stuff. So naturally I put the mic on, I, I go out and she goes, have you ever played? I go, yeah, a little bit. So I, I hit a ball, I run the bases, I go out, I play center, I throw the ball in. And as I'm, I'm, I come up to her, I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. Good luck your, in, your, in your recruitment. She goes, hold on a second, like you've like really played. And I said, yeah, I played a little bit. She's like, um, you just ran the bases faster than any of our recruits. And like, <laughs> what's your story? Like, do you have, do you have eligibility and I'm like, I do. I registered I got injured at UH and didn't play. So yeah, I have all my eligibility. I think I would age out before anything because I haven't played and I've just been surfing and, you know, I'm a martial artist too. So I was like, I've just been doing all those things. She's like, wow, well, can we have our head coach call you? And um, my, my cameraman's like, yes, you can have her call me. And so we come down, the coach sees me play at the little league, my little league field, literally. And she's like, this is kind of crazy. This is what we'll do, and we'd love to have you. And so that's kind of how it happened. And, you know, I, I look at kids these days, and I remember going through the recruitment process with my son, and everybody's like, oh, well, you know how it works. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, no, actually, I don't, because I, I don't know, because I've never got to see it done this way and, and how tremendous. But um, I wrote a book called True from the Inside Out, and my favorite chapter in there, um, I called it Daughter of Westwood. Because it was, I I think, the first time I ever felt like I belonged somewhere and like I had a real home. And um, I just really thank those coaches so much for giving me the opportunity. Heck,
0: yeah. I mean, that's what a phenomenal, phenomenal story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hey, how how old were you?
1: I think I was 21. (laughs) I, I remember I turned 21 on the North Shore. And then, like, I came on and played those next two years you age out at 23 back then so I played the next two years I played one I played the fall season and at UH and then I ended up redshirting. and then um I left I left UH to come back and pursue work and everything and just felt like I I wanted something that someone couldn't take from me I wanted a degree I wanted to experience collegiate athletics like I should have and um it was just, it was amazing. It's just, I have so much pride in what I was able to go do there and um, the people and just being a part of something bigger than yourself. There's nothing greater. You know, and I want to tell kids out there that, you know, I, I, I love what you do the un, for the uncommitted athlete and being able to showcase them and everything. But, you know, just don't quit. Fight for yourself, stand up for yourself, communicate, um, show up on their front doorstep. You know, people, co- people are compelled and they're moved by passion on its own. And, and just that, that fighting spirit. And just because you're not the first kid committed or you're not committed right now, doesn't mean that these people are big enough to steal, you know, you don't give them the power to steal your passion and your joy for what it is you want to do. And there is always a way to go after what you want. This is your life. This is your journey. This is, this is your opportunity and you blink and it's over. So no matter what, go fight for what you believe in and, and work hard, and, and don't give up for for what it is you want to go do. You know, my my story is exactly that. I I was thinking to myself, my gosh, I I feel bitter in my chest. I feel sad. How how could that not happen to me? I mean, I didn't even want to go engage with these girls. I was jealous of them. You know, I had the three point five GPA. I had everything that you would think I had the highest batting average in the state of California. And I remember playing on the all star game. I actually remember getting I had an alcoholic coach my senior year she was you know god bless her but she was not the best influence and she never ever was like hey i got this star player on my team she's a you know she's been on varsity since she was a freshman and um in every sport in our school and she's got the highest batting average i was always unanimously voted by other coaches to be making certain teams and i remember i didn't have a ride up to the all-star it took me six and a half hours to get there on public buses and I had the worst gear. I was the only kid announced on that field that night uncommitted. And I ended up getting like MVP of the game. I was the last one in the batting order, last one onto the field, didn't even start. And, you know, you walk in the back door and you can still walk out the front. You know, I just, people just didn't know. And I didn't know. And there was this miscommunication and I didn't know how everything worked. I mean, I really thought once you're a senior and you walk out of high school, then you decide where you go to college. Like, I had no idea. I was standing there. I remember in the, um, lining up down the third base line. It was like north and south um, all-star game, and I had, like, nothing. I, I was like, I can't even, I don't even know how I made it there, but I made it there, and um, all these girls had the fancy get-ups, all the gear. They're all being announced. Oh, going to U of A, blah, 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 and I was like, Wow. How does she know where she's going? That's en- <laughs> wow. I had no idea. I was so innocent and naive about it, you know, and then getting home at 3am, you know, you're MVP of the game. And then you're like, okay, great. So next, the next day comes and I'm doing something else. And people were probably just like, she must be going somewhere. I remember they asked me in the dugout, like, okay, who are you committed to? I said, I don't, I'm not committed. I guess. I don't know what committed to what <laughs> like, I did not know what they meant. I mean, it, it was, you know, but you just never know. And I, I remember going to Kelly after I was on the team, and I brought her to the stationery. I said, "Kelly, look at this," and she just like she had tears coming down her eyes. She's like, "I can't believe that this is you." Like we wondered where she, where's that girl go? What happened to her? You know, you never even answered. And I said, "I didn't know. I, I thought I had to pay to fly to all these places. I didn't, I didn't even know where UCLA was. I mean, I really didn't know." And I think when you're in survival mode. You know, you're just getting by doing what you got to do. And like I said, I competed with, was, with with what was right in front of me. And, you know, one thing I regret, I think that's taken me a long time in my life, is to learn to ask for help and to say, hey, it's okay not to be okay. And if I need help, it's not help, it's support. We all need support in this in this life, um, in different times in our life. And, you know, I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, your journey just because you're not committed or not committed the exact school you thought you should go to – you never know. There might just be what was meant to be for you out there, but as long as you don't quit.
0: Amen. Hey, anybody wondering why I asked Danielle Martin to be on the show? You just heard why. I mean, what? I mean, that, everything that you just went through is just absolutely compelling. It's heart wrenching. It put a smile on my face. I wish we were doing this as a Zoom call because I'm grinning no. ear from ear, just nodding, listening to you. And and for the guys that are listening, you've got to realize UCLA, is is, they're a blue blood. They're certainly a blue blood in softball. This is one of the premier programs in the country year in, year out. Every year, their aspiration is to win a national championship. It's not to let's have a winning season. Let's try to win the Pac-10 or 12 or whatever it is now. It, It is to win the national championship. And that's the way it was in the 90s as well. You know, and right. Yes. It's so I mean this is not like, hey, here's a community college, if you wanna come and join up, no problem. No. <laughs> this is big time sports right here that she's talking about. So and you kinda couple that with a UCLA degree, it's big time academic school as well. I mean, this is one of the premier schools in the country, all the way around. So
1: it was it was amazing. The The, the academics were very intimidating. I had been out of school for a minute, and I was like, oh, yeah, boy, ab- let's uh, really study and get it
0: absolutely. done. Absolutely. My Chris. gosh, the whole time you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, this interview could go like, you know, a thousand different directions. This is not kind of what I was envisioning, and I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. I really appreciate you, your candor and just being so open and honest and just saying, hey, this is where I came from and And anybody that's listening, any guy, any girl, anybody that has aspirations this is what this is my story, and it can be your story as well. You know what I mean, and that is just so powerful, so thank you, so with that said, yeah. let's kind of skip ahead mm-hmm. just a little bit and and yeah, yeah. and the thing that I really kind of want to jump into is your current role with true mindset. just kind of start giving us a feel of. You know, what what is true mindset? How'd you get it started? And and how do you coach mental skills and performance specifically to baseball players and uh, softball players?
1: Okay, well, thank you for asking me that. So I have a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I I've competed um, internationally and na- nationally and won a couple world championships, lost a couple too. Um, but I started getting asked you know, by celebrity clients and people to teach jiu-jitsu, and I used my black belt to go empower people and women and worked in corporations. I worked in high-level personal security. And um, you know, so I had that pr- protection mindset with the fighter mindset and the athlete mindset. And I married all those together. And, you know, when I was talking to my mentors, who are the Chuck Norris and, and his group of people, they were like, you know, you have a gift working with athletes. Why don't you do that? And I was like, hmm, I, maybe I could, maybe I would. They're like, no, make a business of it. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know about that. I don't have my degree. I don't have everything to do it. They're like, yeah, but you have a gift, and that's what you maybe should trust. So I, I talked to my um, mental skills guy, uh, the late Ken Revisa, who is, you know, world renowned. He's worked with all kinds of big league things, but he was my mental coach at UCLA. So I reached out to him and asked him what he thought. And he was like, you know, I think you go right ahead for that and just did nothing but encourage me. So I kind of took my philosophies and called a couple coaches and I ended up getting a couple really big stars in the MLB. And they had even better years, career years. Teammates started asking them, what are you doing? They referred me, and it spread. So all of a sudden, I had a big league roster that I was responsible for and um, just kept really trying to learn. My my mindset is always have the student mindset. So surrounding myself um, with smarter, better people than me, um, tremendous, extraordinary people that I could lean into if I came across challenging questions or scenarios or situations that I needed support on for my, you know, high level athletes. You know, I didn't, I think one of the biggest things you can do in the situation like that is be able to say, I don't know and say, I'll call you back and let me, let me find out. So I always, if I'm building a team of people, I like to be the weakest link, then I know we're going to win. So mm-hmm. I tried to find better people surround surrounded myself with them and started proceed forward. And I predominantly only worked with big leaguers and worked very quietly Um, my whole thing was, I didn't want to tell on athletes. So the organizations, MLB teams didn't really want to hire me and I didn't want to work for them. So I developed, um, several different big leaguers from all different teams, um, on my roster. And then agents started calling me, um, that found out I was working with their client and would want me to work with other ones. And then they started saying, Hey, um, I have some high level, high, high school prospects, um, could go to the draft, could go to a college, committed to colleges. Can you work with them, get them ready, prepare them for that next level? Um, I, I worked with travel ball teams. I have two boys. I'm a single mom. I raised my boys by myself. So I've coached their teams for the last, I don't know, when they were younger, 10 years. And um, my one son is at USC now. And um, my other one's 15, going on 16. He's a sophomore, going on being junior in high school. So I had a, I'd given a lot of my time to their teams and um, coaches and other teams going out, surveying teams, helping coaches pull that communication piece back together. And then um, I started working with some D1 teams. So I'd go out for two, three days, spend two, three days um, with the teams um, on the field, in the dugouts, in the bullpens, just kind of wandering around. and um, And so... I developed true mindsets and started getting called out to speak at like places like perfect game. And um, a lot of parents started reaching out asking me, do you have anything online? And I was like, you know what? I don't, you know, I don't know how I could ever do that. I don't see myself doing that because my whole thing is just that relationship and being able to meet the athlete where they are or listen to the coach and have him share his concerns or where the team is at. And how could I possibly be of service? And so it was very intimidating. And I also worked super confidentially With the big leaguers, I wasn't sure how they'd feel if I put myself out on a platform like that. But after a couple of years of just the demand rising up, also what was really crushing me was just like the adolescent suicide, D1 athletes committing suicide, people being in dark places, the anxiety, the depression, the aftermath of COVID and the impact that it had. I thought, you know what, like I was really just being called to do it. It, Everything in my heart, I was losing sleep at night. And um, I didn't I looked online to try to see if there was other people or mental skills or sports psych people doing anything that was interactive online um, for these kids and for coaches, parents to share experiences with. And they weren't. So I just I hired a production company. I talked to a website company. I told them what my vision was. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep it real. So I just hired the production company. I wrote down 100 issues. I shot 150 segments. Um, not one double take, just straight up videoing and talking about these issues one after the next. And then, um, I spent the money invested in the backend platform and I just launched true mindsets in April. It's a starting point. Um, I'm, I'm working and evolving it monthly, doing new things, asking the web people, how can we make it better? And, um, I'll continue doing that, but it's, um, it's intimidating to have those sessions out there and, and, you know. I try to make it as accessible for parents, coaches, athletes. I set it up in a way where I'm not spending thousands of dollars on marketing. I really want to give back to the coaches. So setting up um, incentive deals where I can give back to their programs or the coaches, they can use it for whatever they want, but um, perfect game did an affiliation with me um, where they're going to put it out on their platform and coaches and organizations and, you know, my big leaguers, I let them vet it first and I did interviews with them. I'll be dropping them once a month. This month's interview on True Mindset's platform is with Tyler Anderson. He was a pitcher. Everybody probably saw him on the big screen last year with the Dodgers in the playoffs. He was lights out for them and he's with the Angels this year. And um, a lot of my other big leaguers are doing interviews and, um, you know, asking them questions, things that they probably have never been asked. Um, I know them well, but, prompting them to share some of their stories and their recruitment stories. And what would you tell your 15 year old self? What would you share with coaches at that high school travel college ball level? What would you tell parents? Stuff like that just from these guys. And, you know, it's pretty it's been really fun, really interesting, really um, humbling (laughs) and and new to me because I like to work kind of in the wings. And, you know, this puts definitely puts you out there. But this is not about me. This is for everybody. And um, I'm open to the feedback and open just to being of service and sharing my experiences and knowledge and wealth of that um, to to whoever wants to hear it and listen and whoever I can impact and, and help and support along the way. That's really my mission and purpose of it all.
0: Man, that's so exciting right there. I got to tell you, Danielle, I didn't realize that you had just started it in April. You know, I mean, that's incredible. I thought the maturity was already there because, I mean, it's extremely professional. And I've got to tell you. I've heard about the incentive program that you're offering to some of the travel team coaches and so forth. And I mean, that was part of what kind of drew me towards you. You've got a great outreach already. There's, your name is out there, completely out there. And people are absolutely aware of what it is that you're doing and what you're offering. So you're well on your way. I mean, this is a very, very super young, young company with an entrepreneurial spirit right behind it. it got s- unbelievable competitive urgency. You've got uh, experience from your high school days that is really motivating and driving you. I mean, this is a little bit of a force. I mean, I love it. I think that what you're doing is close to home. Uh, you're certainly passionate about it. You understand it. You're very extremely knowledgeable about it. And um, it's exciting. I mean, you're, you're absolutely moving it in the right direction. But I got to tell you, there's one question in all of that that really popped out to me that you have to answer. And, and it was, it was, it was like, Hey, I've got two sons. My oldest son is at. did you say USC? This is coming from a UCLA, right? You've got a son at USC. I'm kind of sensing a little bit of a a conflict here.
1: Well, I will say this um, without saying too much. He was committed to UCLA. He had a, he had a lot of offers and he even was flown out by the MLB to go to their combine out of high school. And we had some home visits. It was an exciting time for him. And he chose school and he was, went into UCLA and just, it was not the same standard culture as what I experienced. Let's just put it that way to say it nicely. And, um, you know, he ended up having labrum surgery on his glove arm. Um, he's an infielder, but was catching bullpens. If that doesn't tell you mm-hmm. enough. Um, I, and he chose to leave, and he was um, committed to a JUCO. He's like, Mom, I just want people. I don't care about places at this point. I'm probably going to go back to the draft. And I said, whatever you want to do, you need to do, and find your love of the game again and kind of get back and heal yourself. And, um, you know, we did. he got invited to a workout where Andy Stankiewicz was. And I said, just show up. It's their first day. You know, it'll save me from having to hit some grounders <laughs> today. We can go get a workout. It was his first day, you know, being able to throw across the diamond again. And he went out there and um, just had a really great day. No pressure. I said, just be classy. Be a gentleman. Shake hands. You never know if you're shaking hands with your big league coach one day. You just don't know. So just go out, take meet people. Um, you never know what will happen after this year, you know, getting your feet back in the dirt and getting grounded and balanced again at the plate. And, um, you know, you're going to have opportunity. And so he did. And then Andy Stankowitz called the next day and was like, listen, I know he's you guys are all signed up to go out to uh, the JUCO, but we would really love to have him. And I said, that's between you and him. And um, I got to tell you, I'm a fan of the USC baseball program. Um, they have Andy Stankiewicz has created a tremendous culture there that is just very special. And for me, I feel like I'm on the front lines a lot, you know, and I hear a lot of things that are not so hot in the D1 coaching arena and the way kids are being talked to, treated you know, and I'm, I'm tough. I I come from the old school. Sue, Sue Inquist is no, she's, you know, she's can come, she can come in hot. And I I feel like, you know, there is a, there is a process of breakdown, breakthrough, and you got to get broken down and it is tough. And you go to a D one school and it's not going to be like your recruitment trip. The minute those gates shut and mom and dad are not there, it's kind of like the bunnies turn into rats and they have to, they have to break you down and build you back to the standard of which they expect you to be at. And, you know, I think it's healthy, but there is a fine line of bullying and and disrespecting a kid that's worked that hard to get to that point. There is just not room for certain aspects of that. And baseball being such a mentally meticulous game as it is, why are kids' brains being scrambled before they ever get on the field? I don't know. But I'm on the front lines of it. I hear it. I see it. I see really tremendous coaches doing great jobs like Andy Stankowitz, where kids run through a wall for you when you treat them with that respect and, and give them a place that they can trust you. You actually allow them to maximize their potential and, and give them a chance at a future potentially in baseball, if that's what they choose. But the other way is just it, – it boggles my mind. But I feel like USC um, – I'm a fan. And, you know, that comes from a Bruin at heart. (laughs) I bleed blue and gold. And I got to tell you, like, I'm a huge fan. It was an amazing experience this last year, something we just didn't anticipate. Um, And I wish you could, you know, hear from these kids. They're just so grateful. He told told me, Mom, these kids don't know how good they got it here. I'm so grateful. And, um, you know, there's no easy days at that level. It's it's tough. You got to be ready to grind, be open to working hard. Um, be open to falling down and learning how to get up and it's not a place where the parents can run in and fight that fight for you you know it was a painful position to be in as a parent when your kid is dropping 22 pounds in three months from anxiety and being mistreated mistalked like talked to in ways that just are not conducive to the environment of you know specific ucla it says where champions are made over every door and um that's just you know i come from a different culture over there um that was about building champions and building us how we needed to be and, and having us beat to the drum of the standard there and also raise the standard with within ourselves and therefore in the program, it's a give and take. And, um, you know, D one is, is no joke, just the, the whole environment of, um, college sports right now. And it's specifically baseball with that transfer portal. Mm. You know, there's a lot of different avenues you can go and, you know, not every kid is a D one and truthfully not every kid wants to be a D one. So, you know, I encourage the parents to listen and and to be supportive and to be open and to encourage their kids to make decisions for themselves. Because I'll tell you something, I would have felt so devastated, even more than I did with the whole UCLA debacle, had I said, yeah, I think you should choose UCLA. Definitely go there. You know, Bryce, my son, was going to be a Bruin. He's a Bruin either way because he's been raised in the alumni program. I go up and I I love being a part of program and and doing different things he's gone up and hit on the field when he was six years old and you know he he loves and respects the whole Bruin thing and and so either way I'm glad it was his decision because it wasn't a a resentful situation where he's like mom you're the one who made me do this you made me come here you know when things went sideways I, I could just be supportive of him and keep encouraging him to make decisions and to have the courage to go give back four year scholarship because of, you know, a trust and a respect being broken and him not feeling comfortable to have his career in the hands. You know, I I was really proud of him. It it broke my heart of course, but you know, it wasn't what I experienced. It wasn't even close. And so watching him at USC has just been my greatest joy and programs that run their program that way. um, You know, God bless Mm -hmm. you because these kids deserve it they work hard they sacrifice a lot summers parents work hard they invest a lot and um these kids deserve it parents deserve it too
0: again amen danielle you're just hitting on so many hot topics and you're just speaking the absolute truth and everything that you're saying so many things i could touch on with this that again just that one little segment is an interview in it of itself and uh you know, I got to tell you, I mean, you kind of look at the transfer portal right now, and I don't want to get too far off the subject, but you look, you look at the transfer portal. I mean, 20% of college baseball players are in the transfer portal. Something's not right. I mean, there, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't um, – you can't square that. Something – there's a mismatch here. Either those kids should have never been at the school. They should have never been at that level. There's something that just doesn't square and and so a lot of the things that you're saying, I think, are the absolute truth. One thing that you did say that I absolutely love, and I think that it's a great life lesson for every young athlete, he just kind of made the comment, hey, you never know when you're talking to someone that could be a big league coach one day. And I think that, I tell you, that is a great takeaway. I mean, it doesn't matter hey, if, if a D2 or a D3, NAIA coach is reaching out to you as an uncommitted prospect, I got to tell you, that's an honor. That's a tremendous honor. And you need to respect it as such. And, and and you need to show that coach the same level of urgency and excitement and gratitude that he is showing you. Because you never know where that coach is going to end up. Just because He's the recruiting coordinator at an NAIA school in 2023. Doesn't mean that in 2024, he may have a completely different role. And, you know, it it would just really, if you're a big time recruit in high school, you need to really treat everyone with the utmost respect and and be extremely professional all the time. So I love that you kind of threw that out there. And, um, And I'm also very appreciative that you can see hey, your son's at a, at a rival school, but you know what? You're, uh, you're kind of bleeding his colors while he's there. I think that's big time, and I can appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Danielle, keep talking a little bit about your business. And w- the thing that I'm really kind of interested in is how do people, uh, you know, one, your approach is it like kind of just a one size fits all? Are you literally working with individuals on their own platform or do you work with teams on their own platform? Just kind of how do you assess a, a, a new a new uh, venture and then put a plan going forward?
1: Hello. Can you hear me?
0: I absolutely can.
1: Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was weird. I was requesting you and then it kept kicking me off. I'm like, I could hear you guys, though.
0: Yeah, all absolutely. Right. So Okay, hey, go ahead. Yeah, no troubles. Absolutely appreciate you hanging in there. So one of the things I'm thinking about in your current business is, mm-hmm. you know, how do you navigate quote unquote new business? I mean, is it one size fits all, or is each individual person or team unique in its in it of itself?
1: So that's a great question I, I think it, it there's a couple different answers for that. Every team is unique in its own self, but I think players in general need certain tools. there's specifics and things that go on. My philosophy is very much like the comfort the conversation, but going into action like after I'm talking to big leaguers, it's kind of like okay what's going on let's say I, I see some you know, too many strikeouts or things going on, I'll be like, hey, what's going on? What What's happening? We'll go back. We take about 30 paces back. We talk about the preparation, the routine that happened, you know, the the approach. And there's so many things to think about. But, you know, when you're organized, and I'm trying to figure out an easier way to, ex- to explain this, but, you know, approach, talking about just like hitting, let's say, you know, I, I talk to players, I'll be like, what's the position of hitting? And they're like, oh, um, I don't know, hit the ball hard. I'm like, okay, it's offensive right there. So what's your conversation? And most times hitters that are struggling, it's a very defensive mindset, defensive conversation, but they're going into an offensive position. So I'll go in and I'll make adjustments to that and I'll give them action points. You know, we have go zones, no zones, breath work, um, attacking fastball, um, absorbing probability at the plate. What does that mean? Um, Otherwise, you're giving probability to the pitcher so he's absorbing it the less you are the more he is and it you know thinking like a predator versus being the prey there's a lot of different little tricks but there's always the how to aspect with what i do so every every ball player from the big leagues on down you know and i've had the the benefit of being able to work all in the same day with a top big leaguer on down to a high school prospect or being at a college team and and hearing these issues so the issues that i've been through with these guys the things we've developed from approaches hitters hitters jobs pitchers jobs pitcher's mindset offensive versus defensive there's a lot of things that are just we simplify i i basically take the game i simplify it based on what your issue is because a lot of times for example i've you know had a ton of big league pitchers and i get a lot of calls for those guys and i've never spoken to one where I'm like, what's your job? And they're like, oh, execute pitches. Every single one of them, I'll say, what's your job? They'll say to throw strikes, to get out. They'll name results, okay? So if a pitcher's on the mound and he's thinking his job is 10 different things and it's not just one, and then putting all his energy and thought and focus into the one thing, the very next thing, or a hitter is looking at it like, this is just an at-bat. And I'm like, your job is to execute opportunities. What are the opportunities? And they're like, Um, at bats, I'm like, no, the opportunities of the pitches, how many do you need? Just one. Okay. So let's have an offensive mindset. Let's have an offensive preparation routine. Also on defense, like what's your, what's your deal on defense? And you hear guys like, I don't really know the ball keeps getting me or I keep doing this. I'm like, okay, how about let's be on our toes, not our heels. So quick little trigger things that remind them my job's to execute, um, my job's to execute plays but I got to have the ball to do it. If the ball's getting up on you, you've got to change your mindset. I get the ball. The ball doesn't get me. So I overlay an offensive mindset over defense. We set intentions on runners. Um, there's motion, there's energy. You know, when you talk about, you've heard the hitters go, Oh, that guy throws a heavy ball. I'm like, is it, is it a heavier ball? Actually? Does it weigh more? Is it bigger? And they're like, no. I'm like, so why do you, why does everybody think that guy throws a heavy ball? Like you know there's a hit, there was a pitcher a long time ago in the big leagues named Carlos Zambrano. He was on the Cubs '03 team, and every hitter on the team was like, "Oh my gosh, the guy throws the heaviest ball. like it's the same size ball, same everything. But there's an energy behind him. He was He was a heavy set, darker kind of guy, darker energy, but he was focusing each pitch with that energy and infusing it into there, creating you know a pitcher's mound that becomes the zone. You don't just find the zone that day. you created a space that you walk into the zone. Being balanced at hitting, we hit from the ground up. So there's like so many little things that these hitters are just skipping through and playing to an expectation, a result, versus building a standard and a process and trusting it. And in the midst of these high intense, high pressured places that they do get in the game, you know, being able to go, I I know my job, I'm organized. An aggressive hitter is not one that just goes up and swings harder. And how I can't tell you how many times You know, I come in on a team and I survey the kids and I ask the coach, he's like, I, I, you know, after every game, I talk for a half hour and I'm there, I'm telling them the same thing and they're not doing it. And I'm like, well, let me tell you what 12 of your kids think you mean when you say go be aggressive. Let me tell you what four other ones think and two other ones over here, three over here. They all think something different. Their, their definition of what go be aggressive is, is very different than what you're actually saying. I know what you mean, but these kids are not, they see the world through their own lens and perspective. So when I go in with a team, I bring them all on the same page. I'm, I'm finding out how they learn, how they see the world, and how they see the game, and how they're understanding it, and how they're learning it. And I, and I bridge that with the coach. Now the communication's on the same page. And you've got these kids not just, hey, blah, 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 and they're nodding. If I point at a kid, I'm like, okay, what, you're nodding. What did I mean? Or what do you mean? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, take a lap. Because... You also have to be accountable and responsible for your own development as much as a coach is doing his best to develop you. You know, in defense of the coaches, there's not a lot of time, two hours on a practice field to figure out each individual kid and, and understand how they learn and what they're doing and help them truly develop. Um, it's next to impossible. You know, And people are like, oh, coaches are this and coaches are that. Well, it's like going to the doctor. The doctor's there to facilitate your healing, but you have to be responsible for healing as well. And so for me, the mental game is these kids taking it by the reins and, and coaches encouraging and incentivizing them to help deploy it. This online platform helps them have that structure. They can be like, Hey guys, I want you to watch the segment on doubt or your failure, failure. And I want you to, when we come back, we're going to, we're going to start working on that theme for the next two weeks with our practices, with this, with that. And, um, just, just understanding a little bit more about the kids that are in front of you, how they learn getting a beat on your team. When somebody has kind of a beat or they say, Hey, you know, these are some of the things we're facing as a team. Then that's, that's an easy day for me to come in with the individuals. I get calls from coaches. Hey, we have this one kid. This is what's going on. He's got the talent, but this is what's happening. I can coach coaches on how to coach their kids through that space. I've done that before. I'm happy to do it. I mean, but to me, it's about simplifying. It's not about adding more. Baseball is a very difficult game. It's mental because just look at it simple, you know, like this. They, kids out on the field are on defense, hitters are on offense. But if you really think about it, a pitcher is throwing an inanimate object at another person. So in my mind, that's very offensive. To me, he's on offense. And if you're a hitter, you got to be like, I'm very, I'm protecting. I'm looking for strikes, I'm doing these things, these are not action words to actually go hit a ball. You know. And the brain translates certain things neurologically to the body. So the words matter, the words matter, the approach matters, the preparation matters, the work should be done, the decisions should be made. If I wanna absorb probability, guess what? I have to respect physics. I gotta put my hands at the top of the strike zone. They can't come up, but they can go down. I gotta be hunting fastball. It's a physical impossibility to catch up to a fastball, if you're looking any other pitch with a wrinkle in it, it's a physical impossibility. So if I'm going in, I'm hunting fastball, I'm tacking fastball, what's my zone? Is it just the whole entire strike zone or do, did I specify a zone and I balance up to it? If I'm not balanced and my front foot's down, not down, then I'm not balanced. How are you going to fight someone unbalanced? You're going to get beat. So there's just so many things we pull back, we simplify. We make sure these kids know their jobs. Because a lot of them don't, believe it or not. Like, what is your job? They're like, I don't know. And they'll name 10 different jobs off to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. So to compete with what's right in front of them, to be confident, how I define confidence, is different than you. So these kids really don't know some of what these coaches are even telling them to do. And it's not universal. We think it is. It's not. Our generation is different than the kids we deal with now. They're isolated to cell phones. They don't communicate the same. They don't have the same... They're socially disabled. You know what I mean? And baseball's a big game of body language, feel, communication, all the things these kids have had less of in their lives because of cell phones, because of technology, and just because of where the world's going. Baseball's a game of feel. It's not just analytics and numbers and everything, and the MLB is operating like that. I was talking to Barry Bonds recently. He's like, you know what's so sad? Is the underdogs are getting cut now. The guys who would actually have a sustainable, long, longer career than some of the guys that are just at their best right now. But the MLB cuts them because the numbers aren't saying one thing and doing another. They're not looking at talent. These guys have never been more of pieces of meat and robots ever. you know. And when I'm going in and I'm dealing with these guys, they're human beings. They're little boys and big boy bodies. We are human beings. We are not robots. Athletes are not robots. And, and the feel is important, the trust, the respect, the relationship, and, and coaches have a lot, a lot to do. I don't trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. I have mentors. I have coaches. I have people that check me, I check in with. You know, we, we got to lean into each other to be able to handle the ever-evolving and changing world of sports and, and to support these kids and give them what we have, which is feel, intuition, encourage them, give them permission to make those decisions, to move over two steps, despite what, you know... The numbers are saying if that's what they feel to to make decisions in difficult times and moments we want them thinking for themselves not looking down at their wrist at a piece of paper that tells them what to do what do you think you should do what does your job tell you to do right now because that's life if we if we're taking that away from them on the field then what are we doing to them in their life not all these kids are going to go make millions of dollars in the big leagues it doesn't it, it just there's no guarantees for that so let's right now take the majority of the kids that are not going to play there and lay down these these amazing life gift lessons through a game like baseball. And yes, winning's important. I understand a coach's job. I understand their position, but part of winning is establishing this foundation of relationship and feel and and read on the ball and approach. It, that's unique to each of these kids encouraging them to do that. It's baseball's not a one size fits all. And so, you know, I could go on. I don't want to – I feel like I'm throwing up at the mouth. (laughs) I'm not sharing the space.
0: Hey, guys, this is Danielle Martin. She owns True Mindset. She is a mental mindset performance coach. She's an authority, and you can absolutely tell it. She has tons of passion. She absolutely, without question, knows what she's talking about. You have hit on just numerous talking points. I mean – you're hitting on every key point that's out there. You're without question and authority in what it is that you offer. There's no question. I, and I do want to let everybody know I've kind of gotten thrown off of as I've been listening to you. Thank you for joining everybody that's joined. Thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate it. If you did join in late or if you've come in in the middle, we record this space. We're going to retweet it out. We're also going to take it and uh, we're going to, put it into a podcast. The podcast is Now D1 Speaks. It's on every major platform that's out there. I would certainly ask that you go out there and find it, Now D1 Speaks. Subscribe if you uh, enjoy this kind of content. And primarily the content is uncommitted high school and junior college prospects. They're 23, 24, 25 graduation years. And they're just kind of looking for the next step in their, or the next progression in their career. And then on Fridays, we have professionals like Danielle Martin who come in, they, it, they express their, their uh, professions and their experiences that they've had in the past. And it gives uncommitted guys kind of the opportunity to say, yeah, you know what? I can do this as well. So, Danielle, let me ask you something. How do you find, you know, how do you find your clients or how do the clients find you? Because I got to tell you, there's a need. For um someone to help with with the mental aspect and i th- one of the things that you said that just resonates with me so much and I, and maybe it 's just because i 'm a man i don't know, but it's the results everything's about the results. you know my job is well i don't know what my job necessarily is, but I know what the end game is. I know what i'm trying to achieve right. i don't I, you know i don't know what the job is to get there, but i've got to do blank, and I think you nailed that perfectly. So with that in mind, I mean, how do people find you or how do you find them? Um,
1: You know, I work through word of mouth and, you know, the, the big league guys that I have, their agents know I exist. And sometimes financial people are calling me wanting, you know, to connect me with an athlete that has an issue. Um, I don't advertise anything. I, I didn't have a website, aside of this um, more than just to people to be like, is she real? but I, I've never put my guys up on a website or advertising with my big leaguers to be able to go get work at any other level. So, you know, True Mindsets platform um, is kind of the the main thing, I guess. Um, and I'll just be going word of mouth um, through that way. And, you know, I have a True Mindsets on Instagram. I've had people reach out to me there, athletes reach out to me there. Um, but for the most part, I, I really, I don't know, I guess stuff like this, Um, I've been on a few different podcasts where people reach out after, but, you know, it's not so much getting clients that way, um, as much as it is just sharing and giving people an opportunity to think about this aspect of their game. And, um, you know, I feel, it feels good to be able to have a platform up and out with all that content out there, um, because it was just pretty much in my head and some of it written down, Mm -hmm. not too much of it. And, you know, it's just, you want to, I, I, I'm so, um, Look, at I'm like stuttering right now because my mind's going a million directions. But my whole thing is to be authentic with each athlete. And I think when you're online, that's very difficult to do. So my titles of all the content and the way I've kind of organized it, which was just this last week, reorganizing it in categories and things and helping kind of feed a program to a kid and to try to meet them where they are and then to feed them the sessions. But I mean, there's sessions for parents on there in regards to recruitment questions. You should ask the coaches when you're in the rooms with these kids. Um, There's things for coaches, just trying to support them and just give them different perspectives and ways of maybe talking, addressing, thinking about how they're doing what they're doing and encouraging them to always be a student of the game too. You know, we don't know everything. We're learning. And um, I feel like I'm as good as the people I surround myself with, you know, the support, um, circle that we have, it matters. And you said something, um, interesting about, um, that resonated with you about playing to the results. And I think, you know, one of the things I've asked my guys, like what makes you come back again? Um, the year after year, I've had some of my big leaguers for six going on seven years since I started. And they said, you always give the how to and I think that's a big one for these kids. I think conversations even at times get intimidating of all the things they're trying to think about that they got to do in their game to now get to the next level. And you know, it's, it's not more, it's just working smarter, not harder. I'm sure everybody that's on here is obviously investing the time and they're interested in are gaining knowledge and figuring out different ways and avenues of how they want to get from A to B. And, you know, I don't I'm sure my conversation, even the things I've shared tonight, even off of just talking about offense and defense and the li- approaches and preparations and routines, these things, um, you already have these things. I come in and, and I talk to an athlete. They just don't, they just haven't identified it. They're like unorganized about it. And if you've gotten this far and you're somebody who wants to go to that next level, you, you more than likely have everything it takes, but just being a little bit more organized about it and then simplifying Polishing off some of the tools you do have, figuring out things maybe you don't need anymore, but what could I replace that with? Um, is is really is really it? I just I really believe in each and every every person that actually takes the time out to um, invest in themselves and gain knowledge in areas. And we're all a work in progress. We're human beings. We're we're growing and we're learning all the time. And you know I. I don't know. I know you, I didn't just totally answer your question. I went off on tangents with my (laughs) attention deficit issues, but, um, but I will say, you know, I don't really have a straight place. You can find me. I don't, I don't advertise (laughs) like that, but I can tell you, I do, I do respond to emails. I get DM'd and at the true mindsets and Instagram and you know, the Twitter, um, I've been trying to be more interactive on here and, and better about it. Um, and and so I guess that's that's how. But agents, coaches, I, I guess people that just know I'm out there and they come across an issue and they're like, you know what, I have someone. If I'm a match for you, um, great. But I think that I'm always gonna be adding to the content on there based on what I come up against and what these kids need and when they need it. And um, you know, it's overloaded with information and you know, like I said, I can be accessed through the emails and I work privately um for For some of the high school kids and college kids and prospective kids, I don't think it's worth it for a parent to spend a couple grand a month um, on someone like me unless their kid is really about to be drafted and to be doing that. Um, I I work with people um, on prices and things because I, I hate to say no. But in order for me to reach more kids, I had to produce this online platform that I really poured my heart into and really never forgotten one of the sessions woven into the fabric of the information I was getting, giving through baseball or softball, that there's life lessons woven in there in each one, because maybe that's the video those kids watch in a dark time or a dark place in their mind, in their life. And it keeps them um, here on this earth and and giving effort and, and breath to the next day and one more day. And um, that matters to me. The game matters to me. I love sports. I want to win. Believe me, I don't like to fail or lose, but there there's more to it. And the kids just don't know that until they have hindsight behind them. And coaches, you know, remember the honor of being able to be an influence in front of kids and, and the words matter that the energy you give off to them matters. And even your passion to win is something they can respect when it's when it's channeled the right way and um, never forget that it's a privilege. It's a privilege to me to be even talking with everybody and to have anybody listening and, and being able to share and having people like you out there that are creating a platform for these kids and, and a place they feel empowered by and they feel like they're being heard and seen and listened to the, the transfer portal, the recruit process is fast paced. It's high pressured, you know, for the parents that can't afford to send their kid to every single perfect game tournament and, they feel like you know they're missing out. I'm I was a single I am a single mom and I've been an only parent to both my boys by myself and I didn't have all the money to do that either and it I just kept telling my kid, you know, um hit, keep your head down and hit. Jeez. And if you hit and you play well, they'll come find you. And and even when they don't come find you, like you can go knock on a door and talk to people and and just not give up. But You know, coaches can say something for you. Talk to the coach. Coach, I really want to do these things. Can you make some calls for me? Email the coaches um, and keep doing it. If you're like, oh, I emailed him three months ago. I never heard back. Remember that there's probably 2,000 kids like you doing the same thing. (laughs) But if your email keeps coming in, he's going to see it. He's going to answer it. He's going to respect it.
0: You know, Daniel, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like you're absolutely 100% doing what it is that you were called to do like you are in your space and there's, this is what you were called to do. But I I can't, I have to ask you, I'd be remiss not to, I mean, (laughs) you know, is there another chapter? Is there something else that's coming that you would really like to, to take on?
1: That is crazy that you asked me that Um, there is some things coming and um, some big things actually. And, you know, I, I look at it as, as opportunities to, to make true mindsets that much better and to grow that and to drive that into that. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to be a part of a group and have an opportunity to be, um, on high level of a franchise, like a a major league franchise and, and to be able to really, um, go in and create a really special environment for the athletes and to encourage every athlete at the top to get to, you know, share with these kids that are aspiring to be them. Every one of those big leaguers um, was just like some of the kids on this call right now on this podcast. They, they were listening and looking up and wondering how in the heck I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. You know, I work with some of the best guys in the game. And when I hear some of their stories, I have one guy who he, he'll share it in his interview, but he's a Texas guy, a big leaguer and all-star. And um, he's, he's funny because he's like, my whole dream was to play for Texas. And they didn't want me. And so I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I saw LSU beat them in the World Series. So then I was like, maybe I want to go to LSU. So they decided to give me a scholarship. And then this guy got drafted in the first round out of high school. Hmm. And, you know, I laugh now because I'm like, I wonder, Texas probably looks back and was like, wow, we're we're funny because the hmm. guy we did choose didn't go anywhere. And look at where this guy went. But um, it's just funny how things happen. And I think people look at these big leaguers and think, gosh, their life must have been perfect or yeah, how you know, they must have just always been that good. I don't know if I could be that good. But, you know, they all have very interesting stories full of adversity. And even, you know, listening to them talk about their summer ball out in the, in the middle of nowhere. And um, just all the trials and tribulations have allowed them to get to where they're at and to to stay where they're at. And, and that sustainability, you got to be tough. This game, you got to be tough. It, it'll chew you up and spit you out. And um, you know the results when you look at the the statistics, not the results in baseball. Like you know, succeeding three out of ten times, you know, failing seven out of ten, you know, that's that's a three is a lot. That's like a three hundred hitter. Not very. So you're thinking one or two times I'm successful out of the ten, and I'm I'm just like loving this game. I'm gonna come back tomorrow. I've told some of my you know kids and college guys, big leaguers, whatever. I said baseball's like. The hottest girl you'll ever date in your life, and she's psychologically abusive. She's emotionally (laughs) abusive, but you come back for more. You come back the next day. Yeah, every so often you have a great date, and you're like, "Wow, she's amazing. I love her. She loves me." And the next day, she hates you. Is how it feels like, and um, it's it's pretty funny. But you know, you you got to step back sometimes out of that little bubble of whatever environment you're in, and you got to really look at it and think, you know what, I'm. I'm so grateful that I can get up in the morning. I can walk, that I have parents that will drive me, that I have a bat, I have a glove. Like, I think we get caught up so fast in, in the results, in the, in the swing of things, in the pressure of things, the anxiety, the, the worry and everything. But step back and be grateful. And that's one of the greatest tools. A lot of my top guys have been like, you know what, D, pulling me back and kind of shaking me and saying, hey, that first foot on the field needs to be one of gratitude. Take a look around where you are, what you call your job right now, because you'll blink and it'll be over. And it's not your purpose. It's your platform. And guys, this is your platform. This is a door into college, into getting an education, something that no one can take from you. And to be a collegiate athlete is, is a tremendous feat anywhere you go. It doesn't have to be some big name thing. It doesn't. And some of those places are some of the, the most rotten places, to be honest. There's kids running out of those places left, right, and center. You got to look at that too. So, you know, look at – I think there's three things that, that are needed for us as human beings. It's like do I feel valued, do I belong, and do I make a difference? And valued means like you kind of said it earlier, Alan, you're like you go where you're wanted. You know, if that coach calls you, respond back. Like there's something about that. I remember when my son left UCLA and the Juco coaches were calling and he's like, they're so awesome. Like their enthusiasm, they want me there. They, they value. He felt that through the phone before he ever met him. And he was jumping at that. And, you know, there's coaches that are going to say that at some of these big hubs to get you in the door. And then they would go recruit six kids just like you. And you're going, wait a second. And, and that's scary. It's, it's, it's defeating. It's, it's difficult. And then you're not being developed once you get there. You know, even at the big league of I think we all looked up as athletes thinking I'm going to have such good coaching at the next level and the next level at the next level. And it's just not like that. So take responsibility for your own development too. don't expect that it's just going to happen or, you know, I've worked with some kids that are like, oh, I just feel like at some point it's going to click. I'm like, no, it's not. You need to flip that switch. You have to have a hand on that switch for it to click. What are you doing different? You can't do the same thing and expect a different result. It doesn't mean to go out and do more or got to check yourself. Am I doing enough? What are my weaknesses? What can I, how can I strengthen my weaknesses? Therefore strengthening my strengths. What is my job? What are my jobs? -uh? Do I know that? Am I organized? Am I organized on how I do my job? The more consistent you are through, through one path, the more consistent your results are going to reflect that. And that's a fact in anything. And, and I'll tell you something, your confidence, especially in the game of baseball, cannot live in the results. It must live in your preparation. It must live in your preparation. All my fights, I knew when I got there, am I going to win this? Yes, because nobody prepared the way I did. Nobody did. And because of that, I could say I'm going to win this. You know, and in, at the high level, like let's say martial arts, it's a, it's a chess match. So it's technique and leverage beats strength. I think baseball is very much the same. And, um, you know, you're in a fight. You're in a battle. Every time you look around, you are by yourself, even though you're on a team, it's lonely. And the higher you get, the lonelier it gets. So take responsibility. Look at the people you surround yourself with. Be grateful for the people that are there. I always say, eat with the people that starve with you. You're going to have friends and people. and you go to play baseball and you're committed, committed. And now you start losing friends because you're not running out and going and doing all the things they're doing. It's tough. It's a sacrifice. It's a commitment. You know, so be grateful for what you have and, and when you get there, figure out new ways of evolving in it and realize there's a development curve. There's you gotta respect the development curve. You're not gonna get there and just be the best. You're gonna get there and you're gonna be a freshman all over again and rise up, you know, and just stick to the fundamentals, but have have these organized processes of routines and and preparations and things. Be organized in your craft. Be willing to work on your weaknesses:
0: I got to tell you, I'm not going to call you Danielle anymore. If you don't mind, I'm just going to call you D. <laughs> a
1: lot of people call me D. so a I lot of people
0: call that. you D. You know what you're talking about. I tell you, you're so inspiring, and I mean, you're hitting on every topic and you just get, hey, you've definitely inspired me tonight. One thing I do feel bad about, a hundred percent. When we had our brief conversation uh, earlier today, I was like, generally speaking, you know, these uh, these spaces last about 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. (laughs) I apologize for saying it was only 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good.
1: You know, I feel like when we have kids on here, I I feel such a tremendous honorable obligation to just give as much as I can in this space in hopes that it one of them it lands for. And, you know, if people are inspired, um, you know, the the platform's there. I'm I'm out there, you know, I'm I'm busy, especially during the season working with um, my roster of people and, and clients, but I'm always looking on the email and I'm always just like so grateful for the people that are engaging on that platform because the same information that i'm giving these guys on a day-to-day basis i'm i'm sharing i've shared on that platform and it and it isn't different i try to touch on everything you know and i have some softball players that i work with Um, i've worked with olympic athletes and you know it's everybody's sport it's like all the sports they intertwine with each other but we the the common thing is is an approach is our mindsets it's the it's the difference maker and the toughest guy between the ears on the field is, for me, the most aggressive guy. A guy with a game plan going to the plate, he's, he's the aggressive guy. You know. And, and to me, being able to define these things and know your job and know how you're going to move through that space, we, we shape the space we move through everywhere we go, right? We shape the space we move through. We decide. We control our efforts. We control our attitudes. And we control how we react to things. And so if I can back up and I can take my job and I can go okay what's the most efficient way for me to go about this and and in baseball we can't be having a laundry list of stuff to do micromanage in the box cuz we don't have time right there's not time so you make some decisions you lock it in with the brain the brain translates it to the body and off we go there's tons of tricks there's tons of things that I've shared on the platform that I literally share exactly the same stuff with the big leaguers. A lot of it, some of it comes from them. Some of it's come from young kids. You know, bottom line, it's, it's a place where the secret sauce lives. And you can dive in basically in, in any angle you want. I've titled it exactly the way I talk about it and the way players have come to me with it. You know, I've had players come in and said, I'm, I'm scared of my coach. I don't know what's going on. I, I feel intimidated by him or her, and I don't know what to do. I have a segment on there called Fear of Your Coach. And, and it's a conversation that most people don't have. They have them with me, but they can't ever have it with anyone else. They can't ever engage that. And it's a way for them to be in a private setting to go, boom, click, fear of my coach, and me to say, hey, this, you're not the only one that feels this way. And people can be in fear for no reason. The coach could have done nothing you're just intimidated to ask questions because you think, you know, no one else is thinking these things or you think it's dumb or whatever you think, self-judgment, you know, athletes, we're the worst to ourselves. We have the worst things to say, you know, and the words matter. There's a lot of things that matter, but you know, this game, you got to simplify in this game. You got to clean the space. It's like going in your room and clean. It's like washing your car. Your car runs better all of a sudden. You're like, wow, it's, my car is clean. It's running better. You know, uh, when a space is clean, we feel better. Our brain is lighter. It translates, and so it's just that's kind of how I see it. Um, I see puzzles and I see solutions, and I listen and I take it on. I take all the pieces on and I find the most effective, honest, authentic way of of drilling down right to the core. I don't treat symptoms. I go right to you know if it's. All the symptoms of a the flu. Then what are the symptoms of the flu? Let's let's treat the flu. Why did the flu happen? What do we need to do? Where do we need to get to? Where do we need to go? And I facilitate the space. It's up to you to take the tools and lock them in how you want to. There's everybody learns. Every everybody learns and sees the world a different way. And um, you know I try to explain it in a hundred different ways that I can. That maybe something lands for you and clicks for you where you're like, oh my gosh, aha. I, that is what I'm missing. That's what I need to do. But I don't know too many guys that, you know, can take on this game without that support and get to the places that, you know, you guys are wanting to get to without that support. And, and you know, not every day. We're not OK every day. We're not 100 percent, but we can give 100 of whatever we are. To whatever we're doing and if it means asking for some support or diving in and saying you know i'm going to take on this mental process and i'm going to build one i'm going to have an approach because i can tell you now i've had a lot of calls from from potential draft kids especially high school kids and young college kids saying hey when i'm meeting with these scouts right now they're asking me am i doing mental work they're all asking and I talked and I work with scouts a lot. And they're all asking. And scouts are always hyped up. They're like, do you have anybody on this team? When I was at the Pac-12 tournament, I was there just watching my kid. And I had some kids on other teams I, I've been working with for the last year or two through their college stuff. And they're like, who do you have? And I always ask the kids, is it okay if I tell if a scout asks me? Because they ask me. They're like, oh, yeah. And the scouts are always on that kid. His value goes up immediately because they're like, wow, we're, gonna, we're going to get a kid coming into our program if we do draft him. And he's going to be miles ahead of the next guy because he's done this work and he's polished and he's going to be ready. He's going to be organized. And they know that. So it's important work to do. You get into college and you're a freshman, you want to play. It's going to be tough right now. Lots of freshmen are sitting benches. And um, these, these college coaches are looking for older kids to come in. I've been getting called about it. And they're like, not freshmen. We want like a righty infielder um, older though. Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone in the transfer portal? that you've worked with or that, you know, you, that you would recommend. And I'm like, wow, like you don't want high school kids right now. Like, no, we're not going that direction. So it's sad to me, but at the same time, I understand it's just the direction things are going in. So I feel like what I would be looking at it if I was coming in, I'd be like, okay, what's an advantage I can create. There's not always an advantage like, Hey, take advantage of this. If there's not an advantage I can take, then what's one I can create. So I create advantages. I'll find a way. I'll find a way for you to see me, hear me, respect my game, how I play my game, and and want to play me. Because part of it is like, can I trust this kid out there? They're a freshman, but wow, I, I just have this thing. Like, I, I want him on my field. I want him in my lineup. He hits. He's organized. He's like, I need him out there. I need her on that field. I just feel like I can. It's your maturity. It's your sport IQ. It's how you go about things. It's the way you move. Your confidence walks with you. You wear it. There's psychological warfare in baseball. It's body language. It's all about it. So if I can work and and improve from the inside to the out, people see it. Scouts see it. They see a a polished hitter when they're watching. Recruiters see it. Wow, he's not chasing. That's a big one. I've had players where I ask scouts, what's his weakness? He chases. I had a kid get, uh, I say recruited. He got scouted, um, drafted in the first round not this last year, the year before. And one of the things we worked on, he came to me when he was um, going into his junior year in college. And uh, we started working. And I quickly figured out what his weaknesses were. I asked him what he thought they were. And then I talked to some scouts, you know, six foot five outfielder, really fast, abnormally fast. And the scouts were like, we love him, but it's just like we don't see him being a first rounder. He he's just chases everything, strikes out way too much. I'm thinking in my mind, okay, that's going to be fixed, easy. And so we I talked to him. We talked about his um, whole approach, his process at the plate, um, the actions that he was taking and not taking, and where his mind was at. And, you know, we fixed it. We cleaned it up, and his whole goal was I, it's first round or bust. That's my goal. That's my dream. That's I have to be first round. And he was always the underdog on every single team, and he would go in and then be the best kid and then go back in not a big name but he was a first rounder he got drafted in the first round we cleaned some things up but it wasn't me telling him how to hit it was me creating a game plan for the a mental game plan to meet the the mental game of baseball and to answer back to the challenges to to the failures to the successes to everything it takes to go out there and and be looked at as a polished hitter and he was very aggressive and and so these things bring value. The mental game, if you are willing to do the work and dive into it and you, even if you don't go play baseball, if, if college is as far as you go, you're going to be better off. There's, there's tools in there for everyday life because there's no better game. There's no more beautiful game or platform that parallel, parallels life than baseball in my mind.
0: I love it. So everybody, this is Danielle Martin. She runs truemindsets.com. She's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. You should absolutely find her. She knows what she's talking about. She has helped tons of people. And I think she has an opportunity to help you as well. Hey, Danielle, let me ask you something. Maybe we'll kind of end it with this. Okay. Go a little bit younger. Maybe, you know, somebody, and this is an age group that you're not working with, but 10 and 12. Yeah, 10 and 12. You know. Yeah, you,
1: well, they're the most intense. And I do go speak to those kids. They're the most intense. And one of my big leaguers, actually, actually the guy I was talking about, he saw the platform. He goes, I would have given anything to have this when I was 10 and 12. And I said, are you serious? He goes, yes. I was like so crazy. It was like it was do that or bust. Like I didn't want to be alive if I wasn't going to be a baseball player. That is, thats That has been my dream. But at that age is when it started and it was like it was straight fire. And I was like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think, you know, it's it's earlier and earlier. And – you know, I think these kids are savvy. They're, they're prone to a lot of information. They have cell phones. They're, they're doing their thing. And I think when they, when they have an earlier opportunity to look at that and actually know what preparation means and routine means and what an approach is at that level, I mean, I, I can't imagine what they'll do at the high school level because kids coming in organized and being savvy to knowing how to define the things coaches are saying. And having the courage to go, coach, what do you mean? You know, I noticed after the game, you've been saying the same thing. Like, I, maybe we don't know what you mean. I mean, I don't know a kid that's going to do that, maybe one or two. But if they're thinking that way, they may not say it in front of the team, but they make the coach like, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm thinking when you say be aggressive or when you say this or when you say that. Because those little miscommunications, they take years for kids to figure out. Because they never ask or they never they never think about it on their own. They don't have their own perspective that they're getting somewhere else besides from that coach. So I think younger and younger, and I think it's fine. I mean, I I think too much can be too much. I think kids at a young age need to be able to play baseball and, and see it how they want to see it and, and love it how they how they first fall in love with it. And then they start going, hey, you know what? I really love this game. I want to play. I want to play summer ball. I think if those are kids that – play and they want to play more than just the little league season or the school season or the junior high season um i think i think it's time to say hey there's there's a mental aspect to this whole thing and especially when you see kids start getting like overly mad or you know turning it in on themselves that's a good time to maybe say hey time out like this kid's getting a little intense i love kids like that um i don't tell them not to be mad i just tell them hey you got to still be able to do your job can you do it while you're mad well how do <laughs> i do that how do I do that? I'm like, okay, these are some ways you can do that. And there you go. There's your intro to the mental game, right? So <laughs> it doesn't have to be some formal thing. It's a human thing, right? We all have a brain. We've got to make up our mind and then we take an action. So it's just organizing our thoughts. It's organizing the way we think and the things we think about redirecting our thoughts. When you can train the brain to do those things and to, to not have it just be reactive off of emotion, And you can say, well, guess what? I always tell my big leaguers, you have a job to do tonight. Yeah, you had an argument with your wife. This is all happening. But like, you still have a job to do. Can you go do it? And they're like, well, yeah, I guess I can. I'm like, good. It's time to compete. So let's flip the switch. Compete overall, over how you feel. You must compete. Do the job. When they know what the job is and it's clear, they can take an action. It becomes, how do I do it? And now they're submerged in that. They're not even thinking about what they were thinking about. But you can't tell people to, to ne- give them a negative. Don't think about that. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. You can't do this. And, you know, the words matter. Telling a hitter or a young kid, hey, go up there and look for strikes. <laughs> the verb, the action word in that sentence is look. Look to the body, says, hey, chill. Fast twitch muscles, chill. Everybody chill. We're just looking. Kid goes up, watches three strikes. They walk back. You're like, hey, did you did you not see the ball? I saw it fine. I just don't know why I didn't swing. Well, we just told the kid to go look. So you should be patting him on the back going, great job. You just, you look so well. You looked so well at those three strikes and didn't swing at one. It's attack. The words matter. The brain speaks to the body. Beyond what we think, there's neuroscience happening all day long. So when you really step back and you think about words and think of these things, it can happen at the youngest age. Words matter. They have power.
0: You know what? Words do matter, not only at the youngest age, but at older ages as well. I would love right now. Right. That's what (laughs) I'm going to say. I would love to say I have really enjoyed talking to you. But a lot of the things that you have said have hit really close to home as well. You know, and I'm a 30 year marriage guy with a couple of kids through college and I'm listening to what you're saying. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is too close to home for me. So what you're doing and what you're presenting is uh, extremely valuable. I mean, there's a, there's a massive platform. You've zeroed in on athletes, but uh, I think it goes beyond just athletes as well. And I, I, way beyond right. absolutely. Uh, Daniel, i got to tell you, I had no idea what to expect tonight. I thought I had a little bit of a vision, right. <laughs> I had a little bit of a vision, but what you have presented is so much more and so much more value to it. And honestly, I mean, we talked for an hour or so, but this is much more in depth than an hour. I mean, this is something that could, you know, this is something that could go on and on and on for a while because you're really touching on the things that make people successful. And one of the things that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier today was I hear it every day from my primary guys that I'm interviewing, which are uncommitted. One of the things that I always ask them is, how do you move from a social environment, an academic environment, straight to the field? Because they're in high school, primarily, straight to the field Mm. and flip a switch. And all of a sudden, you're able to perform athletically. You know, what is it that you're able to, how, how can you put one piece behind you and move into the other piece? And it's been fascinating to me to listen to many, 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 many athletes talk about different approaches. Nobody has the same one. And, the men-
1: no, no, they don't. and that
0: mental piece, is, it, it's amazing how much power the mind has over your body. And to listen to these guys kind of try to figure out how do, I, how do I get everything in place so that I can just react to the game and I can just be in the game. And uh, it, it's just not an easy thing to do. And so you're in a great space. I think you've really carved out a tremendous niche uh, you're very, very successful at what you're doing. You're very knowledgeable at what you're doing. You're s- extremely passionate about it. You know, I, personally, I hope you've enjoyed tonight and, and being able to talk about what it is that you do. I hope that we'll be able to stay in touch and that um, maybe down the road you'll be able to come back. I would love to have you back on and maybe kind of refine our conversation just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of that, like if there's if there's questions and things that come in from these athletes, you know, let me know how often and we can do just a segment on the preparation or the approach for a hitter or the approach for a pitcher and we can really get in and get in depth of even what's on the website, like if there's a segment, they're like, you know what, I would love more on this and, you know, what you're wondering and thinking maybe 100 other kids are or coaches or whatever, so I'm happy to if you get feedback from this and you're like, you know, we want to do a mental, you know, check in once a month or something, I'm so happy to, to give whatever I can and to be of service. And I'm a huge fan of yours for providing this platform. Um, you know, I, if we had internet and everything else back when I was in high school, this would have been something um, that I would have been so grateful for too. I can't imagine, you know, having any knowledge of the recruitment and and having people, being able to be profiled and be like, yeah, this is what's going on with me right now, but I'm not committed. I can't imagine what would have happened at that point had I had, you know, something like this. So I'm a huge fan of yours for doing this for the kids and and offering the space and your time and your efforts and your, your heart and opening it up to everybody out there. And, you know, this is, we're, we're here for a moment. We blink and, and this is our life. And yes, I feel like I'm living in my purpose and everybody has one. Everybody matters. Everybody has one. And and so thank you so much. I'm a huge fan. And whatever, I mean it, whatever I can do to be of service to the people that are on this and following you, I'm, I'm here and you have me. Wow.
0: Well, thank you so much for those kind words. That just means more than you can imagine. I absolutely appreciate that, Danielle. I will, I yeah. will let everyone know that uh, Monday night, We're going to have Elias Reyes on. He is a 25 Uncommitted. He's out of California. He's got a fascinating story. Really looking forward to talking to him and uh, hearing what his goals and aspirations are. Danielle, thank you so much for tonight. Honestly, for taking out the time and kind of walking through some of your early life experiences. Certainly your (laughs) college, you know, your prep years and what it is that you're doing right now and how you're helping guys and females. I shouldn't say guys yeah, in general yeah. guys, you know what I'm talking about? People. People.
1: Yeah. That's exactly right.
0: <laughs> and then I love what you're doing. And I really look forward to staying connected with you and I can't wait to the next time we get together.
1: Yes, please. Thank you so much. And everyone have a, have a great weekend and thank you so much for giving me the space. Absolutely.
0: Thank you very much guys. Good night.
1: Good night.